This episode of the Gentleman Scofflaw podcast is brought to you by Patreon and the Gentleman Scofflaw merchandise page. Go to gentlemanscofflaw.com. In the menu, click the support or shop links to help support the show. You are listening to the Gentleman Scofflaw podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open I ain't got time for moping I best be on my way Well, I still got time to save my reputation Time to go day drinking in this dirty little town Good afternoon, everyone Welcome to the Gentleman's Scofflaw Podcast I'm your host, Jordan Crowder And with me in person, as usual, is... The Don, Donovan Fowler, and all the way up in the Great White North, Johnny Boy. How are you guys Hello, doing? Hello, boys. You guys doing? You guys doing good? I'm good, man. Yeah. Good? I'm sorry I'm a little stuffy. I'm coming off of a cold here, so uh, I, I know I'm usually stuffed up, but I'm a little more stuffed up you're this just time. A, you're just a stuffed shirt, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a stuffed That's shirt. I'm like, cold. I constantly look like the little bug who went ka do you guys what? ever read that book as a kid? Mm, it was think, like in like no, those Dr. No. Seuss books. I think you've just aged yourself. No. <laughs> I liked Goosebumps. <laughs> Goosebumps. All right. Um, we should start with a little bit of housekeeping, I Absolutely. believe, right? All right. That's what this is um, all about. All right. Well, we are drinking here. It is called uh, Banknote Blended Scotch Whiskey. Um, given to me on my birthday by my good friend Kevin Wilson, I believe. I'm trying to remember after that night. Yeah, by the end of the night, I'm pretty sure we couldn't remember who brought what. But um, but this is a excellent Scotch whiskey, 100 percent imported. And uh, I'm getting hints of Mm. caramel, even though there's no indication that there's caramel. (laughs) (laughs) It says vanilla and uh, fruity aromas or fruity notes. But, um, I think if you're detecting caramel where there is none, <laughs> it's a sign of a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> or toast. Or, or, I, uh, or I, I, I ate a, um, uh, what, what chocolate has caramel in it these days? Caramel. Caramel. What are the kids into? Anyways, bottom line. Caramel. Banknote blended scotch whiskey is, uh, it's quite good. It is good. It's it feels good in my throat right now. It feels like it's cleaning out it's all very, the junk in my throat. It's very smooth, but it's um, quite, quite pungent. And what do you got there, Johnny boy? I got water, but I want some caramel now. <laughs> what do they do? They still have caramel milk in uh, Canada? Is that a, they don't have yeah. it in the U.S. Do they? I, don't, I never had it. They're like these yeah, little have, squares. I think it's pronounced caramel. Caramel. It's like uh, they're like these little chocolate on, squares, like Hershey's on, with caramel. It depends on what, kind of, uh, what part of town you come from. And I am smoking my Stanwell Billiard uh, Black Brushed Pipe, and in it, now this is going to sound gross, but this is what I call a graveyard tobacco. And this is like the little bits and, and bottoms of like all of my tobacco tins and bags that like oh. there's not enough to smoke at once. I just throw them into this one jar and uh, this is what it, it comes out like. And so, it's also grown on the graves of all your enemies. Exactly. Right. Cultivated mm. on top of those uh, those plots of land. Oh, man. There's a whole mix of flavors and aromas coming out of that. Well, you know what the thing is, is I'll never be able to replicate this again. <laughs> It's true. It's if 100%, you love it, it's one hundred percent OG. If you unique. love it, you can never replicate it. Um, and later on on the show, we have Jason McCarthy 
uh, yep. former Green Beret, yep. and uh, the founder of GORUCK. So that's going to be exciting. Absolutely. I'm so excited. That's for this why I'm interview. sitting here in my Ranger panties. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about this later. <laughs> but uh, if you get assaulted on your ruck at any point this week, I uh, I think the defense will be. Tommen. He was he was asking for that's, it. That's victim shaming. You know I think better if, than if that. a giant tarantula assaults you on the trail, then you're you're gonna have a hard time, <laughs> a hard time going up against that. We may have to cut that out. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little. We we may have to cut that out. I want to I want to end up like Harvey Weinstein on this one. <laughs> no, gosh. nobody does. Guys, we got some new patrons this week. And we'd like Ooh to la thank la. them publicly. Da da da. We got uh, uh, a Fred Monslow, um All right. joined um, at the Scofflaw level, and then a Samuel Bradstreet joined us at the Renaissance Man level. Those are some great names. Yeah, I have they to are. say, like very, uh, very unique. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Bradstreet and Monslow. Monslow. I've never, I haven't seen that. I know. I think Monslow has written into the show before. I think before. it's a, of of Dutch heritage. No? Dutch. That's right. You got a little Dutch in you, right, John? You have some uh, Dutch I cousins. The dirt. I think it's Dutch. Dutch. Okay, that makes sense. Um, and Sam Bradstreet. Thank you very much. Um, look out for a letter in the mail. Welcome you. Well, welcoming you as a patron. Patreon, patron. Jordan's had a, a, a glass or two of uh, of this fine scotch, so please make allowances. Johnny boy, what what happened in your week? Well, I, I came across this in, interesting place called Slashback Video, and I, I think it's run out of a move out of a music store called. I have the name here. What was it? It's actually in Burbank. I think it's okay. called the the Mystic Museum. Or something like that on Magnolia Boulevard. Is that right? Oh, yeah, I, used to work work on yeah, I, yeah, I, I think I know where that is. Magnolia, yeah. Yeah, so they, they have the, I don't know what you call it, performance art or something, where they have a mock up of a video store where it's all VHS and it's all horror movies. Really? And you go in and there's racks and you look at the boxes and you put them down and you walk out. Yeah, Magnolia is a very strange place. So you place. can't rent these things? They're just for show? Just for show. So we've gotten to that place where, you know, what we used as our common movie medium is an antique. It's weird because Burbank is sort of a, um, like a bastion of nostalgia. Yeah, I feel for like sure. it's like, you know, you see a lot every time I've, I've worked in Burbank and I, I go there on occasion. It's actually a really nice place to go, but... You see people dressed like they're those 90s hipsters pretending to be in the 50s, like that sort of beatnik <laughs> style. It's very odd. Like you, you're basically like you look like you should be in the 90s, but you're emulating the 50s. And then on top of that, there's a lot of Halloween stores that are year round yeah. and don't close. Now, well, there's granted, two of them. They're owned by the same company, but one of them has props. The other has costumes. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, that makes sense because yeah. like in movie town, like you'll probably find and there's one of those on Hollywood Boulevard too but there is something about Burbank that's very nostalgic for how um, I think Hollywood and California used to be there's a place too there called I forget what it's called it's something that's like really like a like a business a uh, movie business pun like that's a rap or something like oh, that yeah, I've maybe seen it's that, that. Yeah. it's um, like a yeah they yeah. sell um, it's a thrift store and everything you buy in that store has been used on a TV or movie production 
and it'll show you like on the tag, you know, what character and what TV show it was used on, which is kind of cool. Oh there's, wow! There's really also cool. there's also a Starbucks yeah. and a McDonald's, <laughs> and, a and a Subway, and a Costco. Yeah, there's it's a, lot a of very stuff. special place. Burbank yeah, a wonderful place. It's funny because that's where I landed when I first moved to LA, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like this is more like what I'm used to. It's yeah. not like downtown LA. And then uh, I like put, posted something on Facebook, you know, finally found like, you know, our apartment in Burbank. And then like a bunch of people were like, my condolences. <laughs> it's like, I bet you it was Tim Burton who's, who posted that. Yeah. They, there's a, there was an exhibit at, uh, at LACMA, um, the, the museum where I was going over Tim Burton's life and it made his growing up in Burbank to be like a little hell. Like yeah. it was like Tim Burton grew up in Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Burbank's a nice place. Don't know. Like it's it. funny because it's so industry, but it feels so normal, which is like a weird oxymoron. It's very, it's very residential. Yeah. Like, you know, like old residential. So, um, Whatever. I, um, it's, cause it's October, right? And we're watch, we're going to watch some, some scary movies. Oh, too um, the I thing. Mm -hmm. I gotta watch the thing. I saw, I know I'm late on this, but I just saw it. Have you guys seen the remake? Still haven't of this seen game? that, yeah. No, no, missed that one. No, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually very good. Like, I did not go into it expecting it to be good, but it's like, it's just a good film. I mean, it, it grossed, uh, it was one of the hot, I mean, it was basically what broke the box office yeah. slump uh, of late, yeah. right? Like, the ensemble of the kids, like, is really great. It feels like, you know, you're like the Sandlot or something like that, that kind of feel between or the for, for all the millennials out there, Stranger Things. Stranger Things, maybe. yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but yeah, and it's, it's just, it's terrifying, and it's like really well crafted like as a story it's just well put together and beautifully shot there's a most of it is practical and then enhanced with the vfx to where it's not distracting like it's like oh this is this is you know it's not like an okay, MI I've, what go ahead i've got a question on on the scares are yeah. they is it a lot of jump scares or are they really well choreographed i think they're really well choreographed they're really like because they're well thought out and well planned what, what the kind that I like is uh, that scene in Signs where you know Mel Gibson is in the cornfield by himself and he drops his flashlight and he picks it up and he bangs on it a couple times. And he's looking around and he sees the legs slowly turn back into the corn stalks. Yeah, yeah. that's the kind of freak See, out that I like. That's the thing about uh, M Night Shyamalan. You know, if you really watch his early stuff, I mean, this is kind of staying the obvious, but basically, I, I watched The Village recently and I was very impressed, even though I know the twist of the end and I kind of am a little bit disappointed by it. Uh, I'm very impressed by his ability to to create suspense and to also like have those surprising moments. Yeah. So and I think yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's what I've been getting from the reviews of it. Yeah. Like that's like kind of the It's the definitely feel. worth seeing and it's worth seeing on a big screen too, I think, cuz I think it's just like we saw it with like a packed theater on a big screen and it's just like the vibe is just you know it's just much more fun to see a movie like that that well, way <laughs> you always get that one person in there who's just like oh hell no <laughs> like, don't go in there like I remember actually believe it or not I actually like back when I saw The Village uh, like in 7th or 8th grade I remember being in a theater and there was just one guy in the front row who like when Bryce Dallas Howard sticks her hand out into the darkness and like the creatures coming up yeah. he's just like oh hell no <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's like, yeah, yeah, you pretty much summed it up. Like, I think, I think M Night Shyamalan is a better director than writer. Yeah, and I think yeah. he needs the right kind of actor. Because yeah. if you've got someone like Mel Gibson or Bruce Willis, right, it works really well. Right. But then. You throw Mark Wahlberg in there, even though <laughs> with that movie about the wind. Have you guys? Yeah. Have you guys heard about the bees? <laughs> what's going on with the bees around the world, guys? Have you guys seen aliens, this? guys? Oh my God! Say hi to your mother for me. Yeah, say hi to your mother for me, goat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. That's uh, one thing though with M Night Shyamalan is like. I loved his early movies, and I actually really liked uh, Split, too. Split was great. I mean, Split was a good return good to return. form for him, yeah. But the problem is, I feel like his movies set up for great stories, and then they get ruined by, like, VFX or something See, like that at the he, end, where he, you're like, what's why did he go the one, Why did he go so cheap with it? But the thing is, with, with, with Split, I don't quite understand where that happened, like, where you think that happened, because I'm trying to remember. Well, I think it went into, like, maybe it just became a little too fantastical maybe. to me, and, be, and it was genuinely terrifying before I knew what was actually going on, oh, okay, and then okay. the mystery was gone, and it wasn't it wasn't as scary for yeah, me. Yeah, it's it's weird with mm. directors like that because you always wonder, is it like... Um, because, I mean, you know, people take for granted how much filmmaking is a, like a collaborative process. And I think that's why a lot of like artists will fail if they try to make themselves an island because basically, you, you know, a lot of times you have a good producer, you have a good director of photography, you have a good like, you know, set designer, whatever. And um, I think M. Night Shyamalan, I wonder about that. Like, I'm like, did he just... Like what, what happened? Like, I guess, I guess, you know, honestly, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say when you're bridging off into Avatar, the last airbender and like after earth, which are clearly outside of his purview yeah. and like lady in the water will, in the happening, will give him those two. But like <laughs> basically he tried something that wasn't quite what he should be doing. And then it, you know, it just didn't work. And now he's what starting to get of, back to his roots. Uh, the, the last airbender. I actually, I mean, I'd seen only bits and pieces of it, but none of it appealed to me. I couldn't tell if it was a bad movie because I consider manga bad to begin with. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, that's a good, I mean, that. well, that's a good no, point. It's, it's kind of a niche audience. Have you audience seen, to, though, like that weird interview with him where he's like, um, <laughs> he... Uh, He's being interviewed. He's like, "Well, the problem is, like, my my movies are more of like a European sensibility, and American audiences just don't like that." You can't You're like, do Come that. Come on, that's the Johnny Depp defense <laughs> of like calling America a dumb puppy or something like yeah. that, like back in the two thousand two or something. It's yeah, no, never insult your audience, and <laughs> like, <laughs> but you yeah. know what? And, and the irony is, he makes his all of his movies in America in Pennsylvania. Yeah, you know, like, what's the Anyways, but he's he's coming back around. I'm glad to see it because I like him. Yeah. Um, and uh, I wish him the best. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Mr. Glass. I want to see him come back. Glass. I want to see, yeah. see an underdog story with him, and I think he's on the way up, but I don't know. Sure. That's just me. I mean, you, you, you can't have a name like M. Knight and uh and just disappear yeah but then you have the name Shyamalan at the end and it sounds like a joke Shyamalan like ding dong <laughs> <laughs> that's my roommate always makes that joke whenever I'm like whenever we were like oh do you want to see Split he'd be like by M. Night Shyamalan ding dong uh, speaking of which um Ranger Panties uh, uh yes solves the bat wing problem 
All right. So yeah. does a kilt, by the way. <laughs> I might ruck. I might do the go ruck. Uh, being that it's on St. Patrick's Day, and people, the misconception is is that the Irish never wore kilts. They did. It just really? they didn't have plaid on them, which made them look more skirt esque. Yeah. But um, I might do the go ruck in a kilt. We'll All right. see. We'll have to we'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right. Let's go into a little segment we like to call. Sir Crowder's Restroom Review of the Week. Oh, dear. All right. Um, this uh, this week's restroom review is, um, well, this, I don't know if you guys have, if you've ever shot at YouTube Space LA. Nope. But do you remember mm. the uh, the startup in um, Parks and Rec that John Ralphio and uh, Aziz Ansari <laughs> started? Yeah. Wait, what was it called? Like uh, three Entertainment 365? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was Entertainment 365, and they had like a... Uh, uh, whatever it was, it was. It's a good episode. Yeah, Look well, it up. it's like it's like clearly a bunch of millennials got together and made an office. Yep. with a lot of money behind it and uh, basketball put this players playing in the background. Yeah, that kind of yeah. thing. That kind of thing. Um, super generous though. It's open to YouTubers to use if you pitch them a good idea and they like. It. They let you shoot there, which is kind of cool. They build oh, new sets cool. every month. They're working and everything. Um, but uh, the restrooms, I had it took issue with a little something. I'm going to read uh, my review starting now. Okay, you took umbrage with them. I took umbrage. <laughs> All right. These restrooms provide a unique, luxuriously private space to do your business, but an exceptionally embarrassing aftermath. The stalls are private rooms and extremely clean. However, women also share the sink area, so a number two is out of the question. Beautiful restroom, poor execution. You know, I have... um I've 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 had the communal sink experience before. The only place that it works is father's office. Father's office. Yeah, because you're usually you're a little bit too um full to care. No, <laughs> drunk would, to care. Drunk. I would say like you're about like three beers in by the time you go to the bathroom, and then you're like, whatever. This is the sink is out. It's awkward. Open. Like it's awkward. Just to, like uh, you know, going in there. It also doing a number two, you. and then you're coming out and oh, there's a there's a woman in this bathroom. That's weird. Oh wait, wait. There's a woman in the same space. Well, it's like yeah, because like you go in. And basically, it's just a bunch of stalls that are gender-neutral stalls. Oh, I see. And then oh. the sink, yeah, so oh, you come okay, out wait, into the sink area. That's not what I've experienced. No. I, I, I was talking about the sink mm. area is outside both bathrooms. No, this and is basically like you're washing your hands. inside. Like, basically, you go okay. through a door, there's the common area, and then you go through another door to your stall, your little no. stall. But, yeah, it's very awkward. They're probably trying is to- Is it a uh, full door, though? It is a full door. But you okay, can still that, that, hear, that makes though. all the difference. But you can still, if there's enough of a space underneath where you know whatever you do is going to come through the bottom like a like the like the Joker's gas in uh, the old '60s Batman <laughs> <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> They're probably trying to avoid, uh, well, whatever you know, bathroom politics these days. No, oh, yeah, I'm sure it has something to the do with that. The way it is. But it, it's, a clever, just, it's a clever idea when it comes to that. But it's maybe they're, they're trying to cover good. their butts, probably. Yeah. But just poop at home, and all problems will be solved. <laughs> yeah, but you can't always poop at home. That's why these reviews are Yes, you are can. Here. You hold it. You hold it in. So let's move on to uh, <laughs> a segment we like to call listener mail. 
right, Johnny boy. Uh, we have uh, one listener mail today from um, a little Alvaro Hernandez. Can you Al- read that for Al- us? Alvaro. Okay. Alvaro. This Alvaro? one's from Alvin Hernandez no, Blanco. It's Alvaro, you freaking idiots. Come uh, on. How, you suppose, how do you pronounce that accent on the A? It's, uh, Hernandez. I, I don't know. I don't claim to be Spanish. I just know the Irish and the Spanish have a close bond. And I you know, thought that the accent on the first day meant the second A was pronounced as an I. No, it's 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 Alvaro. Okay, Alvaro. okay. Take, take my Mr. word. Donovan knows this guy. How's that? <laughs> sure, sure. Mr. Blanco okay. or Mr. Hernandez, son of Hernan. How about that? That, that's that's fine. Fun and informative episode as usual. The interviews are top notch. Keep up the great work! Exclamation point. Two side notes. I was surprised Donovan made no mention <laughs> of his predilection for Costco pizza, which I consider a pillar of the Costco experience. Hmm. Side note number two. In a previous episode, you unapologetically condemned hookah, oh. and in this day and age, that was enough to offend my Mediterranean <laughs> self. Mediterranean. Uh, it's a big word. <laughs> I acknowledge the douchey connotations hookahs have over there, but delving deeper into this ancient manner of smoking, I believe you could come to appreciate it. All the same, kudos for your work on the sound waves, and I'm very much looking forward to your movie reviews. Cool. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed the one of it, so which for... I did not participate in because I haven't thank, seen it. Thank you, Alvaro. Did I say that right? Alvaro. Alvaro. Just Alvaro. I've it's met Alvaro before. He's a friend of Donovan's. No, I think uh, it's the Spanish version of Alvin. To, to, give, Alvin? A little, to give a little back... <laughs> and the chipmunks. Um, to give a little background to, uh, to this uh, listener mail, Alvaro and I used to work together on oh. a couple projects back when he was in L.A., and uh, he, we worked across the street from a Costco. So on occasion, we would go over there and partake in the Costco food court, which is wonderful because they give you a slice of pizza for $2 or a uh, hot dog and a drink for $1.50. And um, you can't beat it. So anyways, uh, thank you, Alvaro, for your listener mail. Yeah. I appreciate it. And you know what? I will uh, I will make an allowance for hookah because yeah, I yeah. know that there are some. It's just it's been given a bad name by some of the people who smoke it. Yeah. Like, you can't quite compare it to let's say tobacco pipes, the tradi- traditional tobacco pipes that, you know, gentlemen smoke. So I, he we did perhaps, say ancient though. Maybe it's been around for longer. Oh, it has. I'm, I'm sure it has. I mean, like yeah. you think about it, but you know, it goes back to our, uh, well, I, I don't know where it comes Does from. Does they smoke hookah in the Bible? I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But I don't that picture Moses said, with a pipe. One of these days, maybe we'll have to uh, 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 cast live from a uh, hookah bar. Yeah, we'll have to try it out. I'm, yeah. I'm interested if in trying Alvaro's it out. In town, now, if you have to I inhale know. hookah, I'm screwed because of my asthma. Asthma. But, <laughs> but if I could just hold it in the mouth like pipe you tobacco. Know what? Hey, yeah, uh, that's what she said uh, <laughs> um, you know if um if you're just like claude rains from uh, casablanca wh- who was a lifelong smoker but his character was required to smoke uh cigarettes he would simply just uh um let's see he would simply in it, he would put the 
smoke in his mouth and then he would just let it out like he was uh that's what i smoking. that's what i did i've been in some movies where i've had to do that and yeah. nobody ever notices the difference yeah, it's, it, you know the worst offender i won't even say his name because i don't want to he's he's a good actor but he uh he did not pull off the whole smoking bit uh, mm. In one of his movies, I won't. I won't say it. No, oh, well, that's 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 pointless, Stone. He mentioned our movie reviews, though. He mentioned our, he mentioned our movie reviews, which um are coming. If you want to hear those, um, support us on Patreon because when we get to a certain level, um, we're gonna start producing an extra movie review every month. Um. We'll pick a Scofflaw-esque movie. Might be old, might be new. Star Wars Return of the Jedi. No, nothing Star Wars. And we'll, <laughs> we'll do a review. Um, uh, yeah, just for Patri- uh, patrons on Patreon. So uh, if that interests you, then uh, go ahead and do it. Let's go to a quick break, and then we're going to be back with Jason McCarthy of Go Ruck. Now, this segment is brought to you by Audible.com. And for you, the listeners of the Gentleman's Call Flaw podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Um, now, they're a great website. And if you like listening to podcasts, you'd like listening to audiobooks. Um, and again, with this free trial, you can download any title you would like. Um, I would recommend... If at Birth You Don't Succeed, written by my good friend and friend of the show, Zach Anner. Um, he's a hilarious guy, and he reads his own audiobook, which is rare. So that's a bonus. So get, download his book today. He's a guest of the show. You can get, listen to his book for free. Now, audiobooks are great. Um, they work just like, you know, listening to podcasts. If you like listening to podcasts, you like listening to audiobooks. Well, you're sitting there, you know, uh, cooking dinner. Or uh, you're, you know, at work, uh, you know, typing some emails. Or maybe you're you're stuck in L.A. traffic like I am. Or maybe you're, you know, it's the weekend and you're just uh, sitting back and uh, doing some uh, Pinterest crafts uh, that you've always wanted to do that you've had there on your board just waiting for you to, to, to tackle. Uh, you might as well listen to an audiobook while doing that. And, and people don't know that you, you killed two birds with one stone. You made an amazing Pinterest craft, and you listened to the book. Now, I don't know which of our listeners are making Pinterest crafts, but um, there are some pretty manly crafts you can do on Pinterest. So go to audibletrial.com slash gentscofflaw to get your free audiobook download and your free 30-day trial today. You won't regret it. All right. Um, I'm really excited to have this guest, uh, former Green Beret, founder of GORUCK, uh, which we were talking a little bit earlier about on this show. Jason McCarthy, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, um, for people that don't know your background, let's let's just find out a little bit more about your background. Um, um, how did you, first of all, I want to know a little bit about your military background. Um, why did you join the Army? And then we'll get into the uh, GORUCK stuff afterwards. So I, I enlisted in the, in the Army after 9-11 because of 9-11. And that was, you know, for those of us who are, around and of a certain age that day, it was, it was a really bad day and yeah. made me really made me really angry. And it took me a little while to figure out what that meant in terms of service. Yeah. But I, my initial fuel was revenge. And, you know, I wanted to serve at the tip of the spear and go fight 
So I, I in, enlisted in the army with a sort of, uh, it's the 18 x-ray program, which meant that I had guaranteed school slots into the special forces program. Of course, that, that meant I had to pass them, which is <laughs> sort of conundrum once you're, once you're in them. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's pretty rigorous training to join that, right? To join the special forces or. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it takes special to a new meaning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. A, a lot of people, you know, are in it for the wrong reasons or, yeah. you know, kind of you, you figure out if you don't have a really strong why, why you want to be there and you're not kind of cut from a certain cloth, then typically it kind of doesn't go your way. Yeah. So, you know, over the course of thousands of miles in Fort Bragg and a lot of, a lot of pain, agony and suffering, you know, eventually I, I you know, after waking up most days scared to death that they were going to just sort of say, Hey, you're not good enough. You don't belong here. Eventually they said, okay, we'll just tolerate you. Here's your spray. <laughs> now your career here begins. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about, um, about go ruck. I mean, for people that are listening that have never heard of rucking, I mean, what is it and how did go ruck begin? Wow. Those are, those are, <laughs> Two big questions. Right? So <laughs> you could separate them. So the first thing that rucking is, is it is the foundation of special forces training. Okay. So to move with a backpack or a rucksack, if you will, with weight on your back is the most basic task that you are required to perform at special forces assessment selection and throughout your special forces career. So, you know, things like ammunition, weigh, they, they weigh real pounds and you have to carry them for real on your back. Yeah. So, so rocking as we've done it at go rock has, has been a little bit more inclusive. And by that, I mean, we've basically said, Hey, the military takes all the fun out of everything, even though the military is a great proving grounds. So don't rock a hundred pound rucksack, yeah. try 20 pounds, 30 pounds, but optimize your, optimize the time that you have to dedicate towards fitness or performance or whatever you're training for and throw 20 or 30 pounds on your back while you go for your walks. It's called rucking. Okay. You can do it with your friends. You can drink a beer during even if you want, or <laughs> after, definitely, you know, this isn't some sort of sport where kale is the official you know, meal of, of rucking. It's not that. <laughs> so, you know, rucking is, is, Rucking is sort of the foundation of special forces training, so that is, is naturally transitioned to, to what go ruck is. Okay. Well, and honestly, I can say, like, I mean, I've been, I've been, you know, do it, experimenting with rucking for for a while over the last three years, and like, I really got into it this last year, and it's like, it's the best. I mean, it's the best exercise ever because it's it's like a patient exercise. Yeah. You can kind of you know work out stress. You can think while you do it. You know, you you can. I mean, the Japanese have a saying that if you if you're angry, you walk like you know however many miles until eventually the anger goes away, and then you like put a stick in the ground, and then you walk back, and that's like I feel like the same way about rucking. It's like anything that you're going through, you can kind of you can kind of ruck through it in a in a big way, and uh, I, I I've just found it's been extremely healthy for me, and uh, yeah, 
It's awesome. Mm. You got you got really deep there. You kind of went Mr. Miyagi on. on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I mean, seriously, no. I mean, like, I I feel like I started I started back in July, and uh, like I've lost like thirty pounds doing yeah. like just rucking and like pretty much just kind of eating a regular diet, like a starving artist diet, and then uh, you know basically just uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's done like mental health things for me and, and physical health things, and the bag is the best investment I've ever made. I mean, oh, that yeah. thing is like the toughest. That is what we call a segue, right? Well, because you just brought up the bag. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It was unintentional. It was, the pièce de résistance. Um, yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, the GoRuck bag and how that came about. So it was a really terrible idea I had almost <laughs> a decade ago now. And I was still in special forces, and my wife was a, a diplomat in, in West Africa in a little a little big town, I guess, called Abidjan in Cote d'Ivoire. And, you know, I had just come, I just been there for the first time after my deployment to to Iraq, which was 2007. It was, it was a bad year there, right? It's sort of the height of the surge and it was a violent year. Yeah. And, uh, it was my only, it was my only war deployment, but I, I showed up and I brought that mindset, that special forces mindset with me when, when I got there and, you know, she had a, she had Basically, it was a Toyota Prado, which was the equivalent of a Land Cruiser, which is, I mean, if you got to go, if you got to fight in hell, bring a Land Cruiser. I mean, mm-hmm. I wish it were American made and stuff. That, <laughs> that truck is, that truck is awesome. It's yeah. the best. Anyway, you know, they love a good coup in Africa. It's a big deal over there. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I made her a, a go bag or a go ruck, if you will full of supplies and stuff that she might need in case she had to, you know, flee for her life or something like that. And, yeah. and it, you know, just random, you know, batteries, water, a little bit of food, you know, running shoes because, you know, a diplomat occasionally you don't, you don't wear running shoes everywhere, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Sort of like how people got trapped in the, in the towers on nine 11 and they had heels, yeah. you know, yeah. running shoes. And then they ended up fleeing and, you know, I, I have friends to this day who, who work in lower Manhattan that, you know, they've got a pair of running shoes in their office desk. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, so we sort of learn, we improvise, we adapt, we overcome. Yeah. But so the idea for GoRuck was born of this idea of, of having a bag full of what you need and a mindset to, to survive and thrive. And, you know, a lot of life factors came into play that didn't let that complete vision go forward. I mean, uh, among them, you know, life came to a sort of crash and burn halt. We were going to skip to the end of five years of marriage, never having lived together. And lo and behold, it, you know, you skip to the end, you you get what you pay for, and then it's crash and burn. And and so, you know, that came to marriage came to an end. And, and, uh, but this idea for go rock, what, what that meant, this philosophy behind it, and really the, the word, you know, it's a, we like it. It sounds good. It's an action oriented thing, which is yeah. important to us. And so, you know, I ended up sleeping on my buddy's couch in the East village in New York for a period of time and sort of napkin sketching some ideas for what would become GR one our, our flagship rucksack. And, you know, it was a hobby. Yeah. Gorak was a hobby. I, d- I didn't really want to do it. I wanted to go back to school and then I wanted to go into some other 
department of the government or something, some alphabet soup agency and continue to serve America. Yeah. But, you know, the big guy upstairs, life, call it what you will, had a different plan for me. So ended up being that the, the rucksack was the initial kind of catalyst. I mean, I, uh, Donovan has a bag. I'm about to get one. I I got a bunch of gift certificates from my birthday because I know that we're going to do this challenge coming up. But I mean, it's a super, it's a super well-designed bag. I mean, it's a cool bag. Like, because when you say rucksack, I immediately think like the type of thing you get at, um, you know, like an army, army surplus, surplus yeah. that's kind of, you know, looks a little intimidating, but also it looks a little like there's just there's a bunch of stuff hanging off of it. It's just really simple. Um, it's cool. Minimal, bag. Simple yeah, minimalistic. Bag, right? Yeah. So, so don't don't confuse the whole sort of Green Beret, you know, warfighter thing for unto itself. Right. Like yeah. a warrior poet is kind of the ultimate calling. And so. Yeah. You know, we meant and designed GR1 to be a piece of art as well. Yeah. It's meant to be simplicity is beauty. For sure. So yeah. it has, you know, on the design side, we say less is more and more is lazy. And so we, we stripped away everything that we found unnecessary. And that's just a simple way of simple works. It doesn't necessarily work all the time in an environment where, you know, everyone's selling on features and you know if, if you can bling bling something louder all the time then that's better that yeah. it doesn't work like that functionally and so less is more and more is lazy a really simple thing is is timeless beauty you can either have cindy lopper's haircut which is going to age horribly <laughs> or you can be jfk and jfk is one of the heroes of the green break community and yeah. so I, I i learned that sort of appreciation, love and respect for, for that man. And JFK is sort of timeless. And we, we, that's an inspiration for us is to create something that's simple, functional and beautiful. Yeah. Well, and I, I took it, uh, like I, I got my go ruck, uh, shortly before I took my first trip to Europe with like a film crew and we were documentary and we were going all over the place and, uh, it was like the, just the best thing ever, you know, it fit into overhead compartments, no problem. Like, you know, was super like, despite the minimalism, you know, you'd think that that like you'd need more compartments, like you said, and everything like that. But like anything, oh, you think you need a special pocket for your right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's well, yeah. Hey, you guys don't mind if I crack another beer? No, go ahead. <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was it was perfect. Crack them if you got them. It yeah. was, it was perfect. And it was like, you know, I, it was super, uh, like, you know, I multifaceted, I could use it for, you know, hauling my film stuff. Uh, and then I could use it for exercise. You know, I could use it as like a, a kettlebell if I wanted to, I could fill it with weight and just, you know, use it that way. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's a very well engineered, uh, Man, you're piece of equipment. Some gold here. No, I, 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 I love it. I didn't it. know it's, that this was going to be, I, I I'm happy to talk about if, anything. If I, if, <laughs> see, here's the thing. If, if, I didn't know this was the, the route, but I'm, if I'm the big, if the big earthquake hits Los Angeles, I'm going to be happy to grab that bag and leave. <laughs> you know, like that's the only thing I need and in anything inside of it. But yeah, it's a, I mean, you know, I have no problem uh, singing the praises of a well designed piece of equipment. Yeah, it's it's super cool, and it's like one of, one of the things too that I like looking at it online is like you can all it's super customizable too. It seems like every guy has their own configuration. They add things to it, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's got like, webbing on the outside. Um, 
Um, but how, I mean, what was the transition? Because uh, uh, before I knew about the bags, I actually knew about the challenges first, which is kind of, I don't know if that's how most people um, discover it, but that was my route into learning about the bags. So, I mean, how did that come about? How did the GORUCK yeah. challenge come about? Oh, how we wish we knew and <laughs> stuff and whatever. But, <laughs> so, all right. So, you know, two and a half years after there was this idea for what became GR1, we actually had GR1 and it was for sale. And I'm like, man, this is, I wasn't as confident about it as I can be now, only because, you know, I mean, time has a way of proving something right or wrong. And time is a great judge. And so, Gear one is the Levi's 501 of rucksacks. It's going to endure mm. or backpacks, if you will. It's going to endure the test of time, yeah. period mm. at the end, right? It is the, the standard bearer. And I, you know, at the time though, I knew it was gold. It's like, man, this is awesome. But you got a problem when you're in business and nobody is buying your stuff, right? Because yeah. the definition of business and you know, this is where I'll sort of take a sidebar and say was, the, the business part was hard to transition from the military because making money and being in business is not cool in special forces. Yeah. It's, it's not something that you aspire to do. You aspire to serve America and do your absolute best yeah. in, in defense of our country and for the, the guys to your left and the guys to your right. So it was a hard transition to to sort of accidentally become this entrepreneur with his bag that now I had to sell and sell was a four letter word. And in my real core, it still is right. I don't really want to sell you this bag. I I just, I want you to appreciate the value and buy it or don't, you know? So at the time I was a lot more conflicted about things because I wanted to get back into, into service and I didn't really want to be an entrepreneur. So yet this sort of art project for this beautiful piece of gear, (laughs) GR one and GR two and and echo and the radio rock and stuff, their original line of rucksacks. And all of a sudden it's may of 2010 and nobody's buying it. And I'm Hmm. thinking, man, you know, I've poured every dollar into this, you know, a $200 check at a time that turned into $150,000 from my stepdad that turned into, you know, just a lot of money, yeah. a lot, a lot of money, everything mm-hmm. I had. And, you know, I, I just didn't want to fail really. And so yeah. I said, man, I gotta, I gotta do something. And something turned into, a, I, I just, I don't know Facebook ads. I don't know Google AdWords, but I do know how to build teams yeah. and I know how to inspire people and I know how to sort of, you know, push people past their limits. And so that event to help promote the gear, which is what I thought it was going to be, became the go Ruck challenge. And that was first one was September of 2010. So not too far after I, I learned real quick that we were going to fail hard yeah. and I wanted to prevent that. And so the go Ruck challenge started in September of 2010 and that became the sort of buzz of what go Ruck was. So I'm not surprised that you found out about go Ruck at least as a lead article, if, if you will, through the events. Okay. That's, and so the, what was the, the main purpose of the event, I guess, was to kind of just show how they, how the bags hold up. I mean, like that was, was that the original idea behind that? Yeah, so I, was so, I was so naive. My <laughs> original intent was, Hey, I've got a camera 
I'm going to get some poor suckers that want to go do a, li- a little slice, a slice of special forces training, a day in the life of a, a Green Beret type training, right? Yeah. With a slightly different vibe. Yeah. Because I didn't want it to be negative or like boot camp at all, but it's going to be tough. It's going to yeah. be, you've got to perform. And so I said, Hey, show up, show up to this thing and I'll, I'll lead this event. I'll be with you as a special forces cadre or instructor slash leader the entire time. And I'll build it into a team. But ultimately my goal was to take pictures of the gear getting beat up and thrashed. And so I thought that that could create sort of a halo effect over what we were doing at GORUCK, which, which was to say this gear is indestructible because it, it is, yeah. and it was, and it is our standards of quality are, are in line with what you would expect from someone who, who knows, and I'm talking about myself now, like, <laughs> I know that my buddies are going to take our gear to war yeah. and that matters a lot more to me than anybody that will buy our gear for their daily use. The good news is, is that that creates a halo effect of quality over everything that we do. And so I wanted to sort of demonstrate and prove that take pictures. I thought it would be cool. You know, yeah. we'll take pictures in San Francisco and DC and New York. and We'll carry logs down the middle of town and yeah. you know stuff like that. And I, I thought it would be a way to attract some attention. All right, let's take a quick break and, uh, We'll get back to the rest of the interview. Scofflaws, I wanted to take a second to talk to you about Patreon. Um, Now, if you've never heard of Patreon, basically it's a platform for creators, for for patrons who are fans of a, a, a given creator to help support their creation. So... We have a Patreon page for the Gentleman Scofflaw podcast. You could support the show for as little as a dollar an episode, which is like what? This is cheaper than a, than a Starbucks coffee, right? So maybe give up uh, one. Why does everyone always do that? They say it's cheaper than a cup of coffee. Okay, what what else do you spend a dollar on? Uh, maybe uh, you know it's it's cheaper than uh, you know buying uh, you know uh, Q-tips. You know maybe you don't need Q-tips for the month. You know. Maybe this month you avoid Q-tips, right? I don't know. I mean, I hear they're bad for you anyway, but maybe maybe that's not true. I, I don't. Maybe, maybe don't sacrifice anything related to health um, for for the dollar an episode. But um, Patreon is great because uh, you, the patron, also gets rewards for uh, joining the Patreon. So uh, examples of stuff that we have are extended interviews and outtakes, stuff that gets cut out of the episode that you don't hear for time's sake because we try to keep a tight, you know, entertaining show. And sometimes there is some gold that doesn't make the final cut. So you get to listen to some of that. Um, Also, you get uh, behind-the-scenes videos, photos, and bonus episodes. For example, we did a bonus episode at the Big Shave West, um, which was a lot of fun. So more of those type of things are coming, as well as monthly live video hangouts where you can interact with us in person, which is a lot of fun. We've done a couple of of, of free ones to test it out, and it's been a lot of fun. We get to talk with uh, the listeners in real time and get to know them, and uh, they get to ask questions, and it's it's always a good time. And here's the piece de resistance is um, when we hit our, our, our goal mark, we are launching a whole new 
movie review podcast, a gentleman's golf law movie review podcast. Since you know we're we're all of us on the show are writers and filmmakers, and that's our background. We love movies. Um, we're gonna go through a catalog of what we think are either gentleman or scoff law esque movies. Um, so if you join, you'll get that show as well. Everyone who joins on Patreon at any one of the tiers, even at the dollar an episode, gets a free Gentleman's Golf Law vinyl sticker, which is super cool. It's like a full color sticker. You, could, you know, it's uh, really sticky. You could stick it on, uh, you know, anything you want to stick it on. Also, you'll get thanked on the air for your support. So check out patreon.com slash gentscofflaw, or you could go to gentlemanscofflaw.com and click the support link on our menu, and it'll take you right there. We look forward to seeing you on Patreon, and thank you for supporting the show. Yeah. Well, I mean, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> to, to some degree, it, it worked. So I think it's going to keep working. Yeah, well, I look, I look on, the, on the site for events, and it's like, there are hundreds and hundreds of them. It's international, on. right? And international. So it's like yeah. these things are going around the clock. Um, yeah, so we produce about a thousand Go Ruck events a year. Oh, wow. I mean, we've done them everywhere yeah. from almost every major city in America to Sri Lanka to Rio de Janeiro to Japan to all over Europe to take your pick. We've, we've probably been there. Wow. Well, and you have uh, different like themed events too. Like I know, like you did uh, Mogadishu Mile in in I guess a couple, yeah. but maybe a week or two, right? So Mog Mile honors what happened in Mogadishu in 1993, right. and it you know it's it's based, people would know it as Black Hawk Down, mm-hmm. which is a great book and a, and a great movie. And you know, I, I sort of say that as a military guy who is always the guy. Emily, my <laughs> wife, she you know. She she doesn't always love watching military stuff. <laughs> I'm like, that's wrong, that's wrong. <laughs> but Black Hawk Down is as authentic as it gets. So there's a lot of there's a lot of garbage out there. Mark Bowden did a fantastic job writing that book, and then they they turned it into a really solid movie. So we we sort of created an event because never forget also means you need to remember things. Yeah. So you know whether it's 9-11 or Moog Mile or the Bataan Death March, whatever the case may be, you know, getting a special forces guy to, to lead an event that honors that or it's in Normandy or it's in Bastogne, stuff like that. And yeah. Getting a special forces guy to lead an event that honors that, that, that also addresses some of the historical significance directly yeah. is, is important to us. That's awesome. Um, well, what, what's the difference between something like, uh, go ruck and something like a tough mutter? Cause I, you know, you see a lot of that kind of, a lot of these obstacle course type races that kind of have become super popular in the last few years. What would, what would be the thing that separates go rock from those? So an obstacle course, and I, I had to do a lot of them, you know, there's, there's one, a famous one called the nasty Nick that's at Camp McCall and every green beret has to pass it. Yeah. I'm a green beret. I mean, an obstacle course is a fixed thing. Okay. You show up, you climb your rope, you climb down, you climb the ladders, the, the whatever the case may be, and you're you're done. It's kind of impersonal, and and so it's it's sort of it is what it is. They have to build. There's a huge setup associated with it, and 
you show up and, and you run your ops, your, your OCR, your obstacle course race. And it's a good time depending upon who you do it with and how much beer you bring, which is how I used to run those. So a, a go rock event is different because you've, it's, there's no stated route. There's okay. no, there's no set course. The, the outcome is that you, your special forces cadre who's with you the entire time takes your class and it's strangers. People show up and they, they build your class into a team. And so you get a lot of lessons along the way. You meet a lot of great people. And I mean, for real meet, not like your Facebook friends, you know, <laughs> or not like you sort of see them on the obstacle at Tough Mudder or Spartan Race, which, yeah. by the way, are, are great events. They require a lot of setup and, and they're very professionally run. But it's, it's very different. This is more about overcoming real mental obstacles that are unpredictable. It's about the adaptability, adaptability being a key component for, for what it looks like to, to, to be a special forces guy. So you have to adapt to the unknown and the unknown is what the go ruck events embrace. Okay. Well, it's, um, it's obviously it's, it's, it's military type training and a lot of guys prepare for these events. If there's, if there is a way to actually prepare for it, cause like you said, it's, it's pretty unpredictable, but, yeah, but, but there is. So rucking is the foundation of special okay. force training. You show up at go at, at selection, special forces assessment and selection. And you have a 45 pound plus rucksack on your back at a, almost at all times. And you have to move from point to point on land navigation courses. And then that builds into team events where you're doing military style formations in the woods and there's sort of ambush and react to ambush and all that type of stuff. But ultimately ammunition weighs real pounds that you have to carry. Yeah. So, you know, rucking in terms of moving weight on your back is the foundation. And so the foundation of go ruck events is rucking. And that just means Put 20 or 30 pounds on your back, optimize the time that you have in your life where you're walking the dog or walking the kids or mowing the lawn, whatever the case may be, and, and just move more. And so the found, you know, in, in life, if you move more, you're probably going to end up being fitter, happier, more connected to what you're doing. It, it doesn't behoove us to just sit in a, in a desk all day and curl our backs and our necks and sort of, you know, become like that. We're not genetically predisposed to, to wanting to do that. So the more that you move, the better yet life's a busy place. So if you want to optimize that time, you put a little weight on your back while you do it and you get a lot of additional gains. Okay, cool. Um, so so ruck more, the ruck more, do some pushups, body weight stuff, rucking, body weight stuff, sandbag training, stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's true functional fitness. It's not Olympic lifting, it's not, it's, it's nothing like that. It's more about, there's an endurance, but there's also an endurance of strength. Yeah. It's not like these, like, uh, you know, these, these show muscles, you gotta be functional. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that's the beauty of the program is that, that basically it, it, it kind of, uh, uh, comes from a primal simple place of like, you know, you can use your, you can use, you know, what you have and just like simple weight to really, you know, make yeah. gains and everything like that. Pretty muscles fail fast. Yeah. You, yeah. Learn that, you learn that really quickly, right? So yeah. you need to have some endurance. You need to be able to, you need to be able to perform over the long haul. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, the, the events are not, the events are designed for people to be successful. If, okay. if this were a boot camp, then 
you know, this would have failed a long time ago. They're, they're really positive. And what the, the support structure within an event is the team environment. Yeah. The team environment is your body throughout a lot of evolutions. There's an up and a down. There's, there's a roller coaster ride associated with, I feel good. I'm, I'm a little bit, I feel less good, you know, <laughs> that's, that's where the team crossloads stuff. And that's sort of special forces. One Oh one is you crossload according to time, weight, all those types of things. Well, that's what I, I think struck me about it most when looking into it. Cause I see stuff like the, these big, uh, stuff like tough mutter and stuff. It seemed like great, but the, it is a race. And I've always liked the idea of it being a team effort rather than just kind of like you're on your own and doing your own thing. It's a, no, this is absolutely, I mean, so that's kind of the difference between Spartan race and tough mutter is tough mutter kind of positions itself as not a race and Spartan race has know, the, the time and the clocks and stuff. But I mean, this is different again, from the standpoint of everybody who starts together, you stay together the entire time. It's not yeah. like a tough mutter where you go at your own pace and you can be faster. Yeah. That's not the point. Yeah. Right. And I, I think what we'll find is throughout the course of our lives, the times that we've spent putting into the teams that we love, whether it's our family or our friends or our coworkers, or we move at the same pace together, even though sometimes some of us carry more of the weight and sometimes we carry less of the weight. And yeah. when you're young, maybe you carry a little more some ways when you're older, maybe you're a little wiser, you carry a little bit of yeah. different weight. Right. And so at the, the real difference is, is that you, you're just together the entire time. You get to really know the people to your left and, and, and to your right. You form really real bonds throughout 12 hours or six hours or 24 hours, whatever, whatever the, the event that you choose might be, you're, you're just with the people the whole time. So that, that it has a lasting impact. Yeah. It definitely seems like it does. Cause when you see, like I've been reading, you know, articles and stuff and talking about it and it seems like you're nervous about your event. Or yeah, I know. Well, I'm like, I mean, uh, probably not. Yeah. And everything. But yeah, I just, and yeah, I just, I get, I'm one of those guys that just like, uh, gets into like research and reading stuff before whatever I'm going to do something. But, um, yeah, it's people like they talk about that all the time. It was like, they've make these like lifelong friends and they, they end up doing it with the same people a lot over and over. It seems like they try and join a lot of competitions even after like, it's not like a one-time thing. People seem to get hooked by it. So it becomes a community stuff with other people and ultimately yeah. You know, reading and stuff is, is great. And I mean, I read as much as I can, as often as I can. I, I mean, I love books. I love magazines. I love, you know, smart people sharing their thoughts yeah. in that format. But you can't become Lincoln as a leader because you read a book about Lincoln as a leader. You've got to get out and lead. Yeah. yeah. You can't become tougher because you read a book on toughness. You've got to get out and do tough stuff, yeah. right? You can't just prescribe to this notion of, you know, everything's going to go my way. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to plan my day around my workout and it's, you know, I'm going to show up to the gym or the box at this time. And then I'm going to do this exact workout. And I've got my pre-workout, my deering and my post and stuff. And, you know, it's just, you got to be ready for a little bit more. Sometimes every once in a while in life, you got to just stay up all night and whatever project you're working on, you got to just crush it. It's like, yeah. how many Red Bulls do you need to finish your awesomeness mm. as many as it takes how many beers do you need all of them right <laughs> it, it just sort of you you you've gotta you gotta break 
the norm a little bit. Yeah. And, and so, you know, read up, do all of that kind of stuff, but ultimately showing up and doing it is, is a reward. Yeah. I think we need to get that made into a t-shirt. How many beers do you need? All of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's like, like you said, just showing up and doing it, that's the most important thing. Um, I mean, how important is the equipment for an event like this? Cause that's something you see a lot about. It's like people have like got, you know, this is my, this is all the stuff I used, but I mean, is that any of that stuff important? I mean, ultimately it, it, the equipment that you use is secondary to your participation. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, I always like to take these kinds of questions back to my roots in special forces where you you're tasked with a mission and you will complete that mission or you will die trying. Right now, if you want an edge, then you upgrade your equipment. You make sure that you clean your rifle. You make sure that you do all the preparation things you have. All your magazines are loaded correctly. You make sure that you have all of the things that you might could possibly need throughout the course of this. And then you sort of, you know, trust your training and trust your training and you trust in God and you say, I'm going to go do this thing and whatever happens, happens, do your, do your best, do your worst. That's how it's going to go. So those are sort of my roots. And as it would apply to go ruck events, I mean, there's no doubt, but that doing a go ruck event or rucking in general is best with rucksacks that were built with that in mind yeah. or with that at least as an inspiration without knowing any other way. So uh, look, our gear will make your life a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Our apparel will make <laughs> your life a little bit more comfortable because it's, it's tough and it's built to perform. Yeah. Right. But ultimately, I mean, you can, you can show up with a Jansport and a bag of rice and, you know, <laughs> like, you know, Daisy Dukes. <laughs> and, and pass your go ruck event. It's just it's gonna it's gonna cost you a little bit more in pain, and that's okay, yeah. right? Pain good. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's. I think I'm gonna have to do that. Jansport and Daisy Dukes, and just see how it ends up for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> then slowly transition into go ruck and and ranger panties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ranger panties would be an upgrade, you know. Daisy Dukes, like, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I don't know. There's a little more give, them, though, man. I mean, the world might need that. It's true. I, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's. I gotta. I think I just gotta make that part of daily life is wearing Ranger panties. That could be like a They're fear I can most, get over. Well, but the comfort. My I'll tell you what, man. The the uh, it the comfort makes up for all of it. Like at the end <laughs> I mean, of the I'm day, telling you, if you're not, if you don't go to bed in Ranger, there, there's two ways. There's two proper ways. This is just a life hack for you. Okay. It's, you know, it's, it's free advice. You get what you pay for. <laughs> there's two proper uniforms for sleeping. Yeah. One is naked. Two is with, with Ranger pants. <laughs> there, there's no other, there's no other way to do it. Got it. Yeah, there was. I, so I heard somebody like describe Ranger panties before, like so, like a bald ego cu- cupping your nuts or something. Some of the the yeah the reviews. So, yeah, it's pretty funny. pretty. So for for those that don't know, Ranger panties are really really short shorts. Yeah, they're made out of 100% nylon. It's really sort of silky and soft. They're sort of the official running shorts of special forces guys in yeah. the military. I mean, you know, you, all of a sudden you'll be at, at base in a, in a military town and you, the guy will show up to dinner at, you know, Outback. <laughs> <laughs> you 
like it's normal. And by the way, it's not normal. These are really short shorts and they're, and they're really awesome. I mean, I still, I still in the morning when I rock the dog or I got the kid in the front loader, Ryan in the front loader. And you know, I I wake up, I don't always change. Sometimes I go out, I got my t-shirt and my Ranger panties on and you know, it's awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of being an SF dude. Uh, and, and I love being reminded of being SF dude because that's pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. Um, all right. Well, what's, I mean, you see, I hear the idea of good living a lot on, uh, you know, as it pertains to go rock. What does that, what does that mean? What is good living? Basically that's an old school OG phrase as it applies to the challenge, which is it's, it's good living. It's, it's going to hurt a little bit, but I mean, you know what hurts worse in the long run is wasting your life away on a couch, just sitting there, not doing awesome stuff. So we view the world and life as life is really short and the world is your playground. Go out and get after awesome stuff. And just that becomes, you want to be awesome. You got to do awesome. So get out and do more of that type stuff. And go rock is representative of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a cut above in terms of depending upon which event, again, that you choose the, the difficulty and the outcomes that you'll get for that. I mean, there's no shortcuts, right? Yeah. If you want to go join a gym for 10 bucks a month and, you know, hope that that's going to provide you what you want in life, maybe it will. The world is what you make of it. This is sort of forced and it's, it's very difficult. And ultimately it comes down to your attitude while you're doing it. You can either feel sorry for yourself and say, man, this sucks, or you can embrace the suck and say, man, this is good living. Like yeah. life is really good right now because back to, back to our roots again, you know, I know a lot of guys that got banged up pretty bad, missing limbs, not quite right, whatever that looks like. I know a lot of guys that are buried at Arlington and in other, other places around, uh, around our, our great country. And they paid the ultimate sacrifice and they'd give anything to still be breathing freedom, spending time with their families that they love out doing awesome stuff. But they, they would not be jealous of someone wasting it away. And we think that there's a lot of people out there that just need a little push to do something awesome. And this is very clearly and definitively awesome. This lifestyle that is based on the special forces way of life is it's, it's a better way to live your life. And so there's a lot of people that have sort of caught on to it and we're grateful that they're in our community, our family. And, you know, so when you're out there and you're doing your push-ups and you're rocking for however many miles and you've got some casualties and all that stuff, I mean, you're really fortunate and blessed to be able to do that at that time. And so it is good living. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's an awesome perspective. Well, where, where can people find you, Jason or go rock? Where's this is the time well, where you can me, plug your I'm, stuff. We're in Jacksonville beach, Florida. right? <laughs> and my dog monster is at our headquarters yeah, yeah. all there the you time. Go. You can come meet us. <laughs> if you meet him first, you'll like me better. Trust me. <laughs> you know, the ways, of, the ways of the world. Cause a man with a dog is, is, is always better, <laughs> but we are at goruck.com and you can oh. find all sorts of fun stuff to do with your life on there. Well, thank, thank you, Jason, for coming on. And, and thank you for your service too, man. Yeah. I mean, for serving our country and creating such an awesome thing like Go Ruck. 
hey, thanks. You, I mean, you guys and the rest of America paid the bills, and I got to go do awesome stuff in service to America. So, uh, you know, I, I'm the winner. Well worth it. <laughs> well worth it. Well worth it. <laughs> right. Hey, this part of the show is brought to you by Phoenix Shaving. If you like to shave, and you are a man or a woman, I mean, some some women are hairy. That's all right. That's okay. No judgment. But if you, uh, you're a guy that likes to shave and appreciates the finer things in life, go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave. Um, that link helps support the show. And you could check out some of Douglas Smythe's amazing shaving soaps, aftershave colognes. You'll be blown away at all the stuff he has. Sense for days. He is like the Walter White of artisan soap making. He's got this lab basically there in in Phoenix, Arizona where he uh, creates his soaps and and he cures them. It's an independent business. You're not giving your money to all those guys that are ripping everybody off with razors. Right now you can get some wet shaving starter packs. So it has everything you need to get started wet shaving. You know, you can get a sets that have the safety razor, the brush, the soap, the aftershave. Tons of great scents to pick from. I've mentioned before, one of my favorites is Tombstone. Also, they have Sundown, which is like a classic barbershop scent. Um, they've got uh, Cavendish, which smells like, like pipe tobacco, which is amazing. I tell you, I've been using this stuff, and I don't get any razor burn or razor bumps anymore this stuff is amazing especially the aftershave it just removes all irritation bumps redness it's like i've never looked so dapper in my life and that's thanks to phoenix shaving so go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash shave and stop being a slave to the cartridge razor shave all right um great interview with uh, Jason from fantastic interview. Yeah, that guy's he's a good fantastic. guy. We're gonna. I think we're. We talked a little bit during the break. I think we're gonna go uh, to Runyon Canyon with him and 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 Ruck, and then get some Barney's Beanery afterwards. Right? That's all I ever want in um, my life. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, so if you guys, the listeners, want to join us, we are doing a gentleman scoff law podcast. Go Ruck Challenge. Now it's it's going to be in March in San Diego on March 16th, which will be the anniversary, the one year anniversary of the Gentleman's Scofflaw podcast. Um Donovan and I and John, maybe too, right, John? Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Maybe? <laughs> no, come on. Uh, we'll yeah, join, I said maybe. We'll join us for the Go Ruck Tough Challenge. And if you want to join us, we're going to include a link in the description to where you could sign up for it and also a link to the Facebook um, event where we can keep in touch and meet up in Southern California to prepare for the Ruck. Just a disclaimer yeah. uh, from one friend to another uh, when it comes to these uh, subscribers. Prepare yourself Prepare because yourself. I've done the light version of the Go Ruck twice, and um, it's been it's been an experience. Yeah. So you should uh, you should definitely bring your A game and be uh, be mentally tough. And I think that's all you need: I, mental toughness. I shouldn't jump the gun on this, but uh, let's just put it out there, right? So it's something that we have to do. Sure. I'm gonna get some um, 
some gentleman's cough law um, morale patches made for the go That'd be great. bags. That'd be great. So if you come and join us, you'll get a patch that you can put on your ruck um, of the gentleman's cough law podcast. We'll represent. Yeah, amongst exactly. The, uh, amongst the team. Um, so we hope to see you there. Um, join the group. We'll go ahead and, and keep you guys updated on the progress of training for the challenge. You got five months. You can do anything in five months. I mean, you know, supposedly, according to GoRuck's training plan, it only takes about six weeks to get in shape. Now, granted, that is if you're like, I think, already within the range of being in shape to begin with. Yeah. So five months, long time. And I think you can. Well, here you go, right? You can do more like more than enough time. You can do like a P90X leading up to Christmas. Right? Or something sure. like that. Like or one of those like 90 day even, things. Even just like move your way up yeah. push ups and rucking. Yeah, you know? push ups and rucking. And then in the new year, you could do the Go Rucks actually has a Go Ruck on their site. They actually have a plan you can follow for six weeks. Absolutely. Leading up to the challenge. So yeah. you could do that too. So and if um, you're in LA, look us up. We'll ruck with you. Yeah, we will. Well, definitely. We're going to we're gonna organize some rucks together. So if you're interested in that, links in the show notes. Also, I'll ruck with people up here. Yeah. John will ruck with you up there. There's, there's, oh. there's Canadian uh, go ruck challenges. You can do it I'll up there. I'll ruck you a long time. I mean, the Canadians, you know, the Canadians were there with us on D-Day. Exactly. Uh, Scotty from uh, Star Trek lost his thumb on uh, Gold Beach. So it's true. You know, interesting uh, side note, Canada what? during World War II had more soldiers fighting per capita than any other country. That's crazy. They also uh, were in before the U.S. too. Yeah, we were there with um, the Brits. Under the, uh, as, yeah, under the Brits, yeah. To be fair, your figurehead is still the queen, whereas <laughs> us, we didn't quite have that commitment. So we'll, we'll give you that one. Well, we'll, he, we'll give you that one. John, on another side note, didn't you say you saw Justin Trudeau downtown like a couple weeks ago? Uh, I did a couple weeks ago. He was... Uh, pulling up to a hotel across from where I work and you know there he was and then this week I saw um, I guess what you'd consider one of our former governors and yeah. I said hi to him um, That's right. Um, we, next time you see those guys, see if you can get them as a guest on the podcast. We <laughs> <laughs> can see if Trudeau actually wants to take that Zoolander quiz himself. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. You know what time it is, guys? It's time for the giveaway. All right. So but, let's but, get uh, a, let's uh, get a drum roll going, okay? But, all right. This week's winner of the Phoenix Shaving contest giveaway is Laura Godet. Laura Godet, you are going to win. Uh, we're going to send you a high jump 47 um, after shaving cologne. And next week we are giving away um, Phoenix shaving black bot uh, after shaving cologne. Donovan, you want to talk a little bit about that? What's what that? Definitely like? talk about black bot. So um, this uh, this scent. Well, let's start off with the label. It has a very uh, Godzilla esque um, imagery to it. But it looks like Big of, Hero, right? Yeah, biggest I guess Big Hero or say Iron Giant. Iron um, Giant, you know, yeah. very much a uh, giant figure staring over over a uh, uh, a skyline of buildings. Um, so uh, this is this is all about sixties musk. Oh, um, nice. Which uh, when I when I hear that, I think of uh, 
I think of Don Draper, but this says an epic homage to Black Belt. Uh, yeah, so if you want to win this, uh, go ahead and click the link in the show notes to the Instagram uh, giveaway. And my apologies to anybody actually entering this conversation, uh, uh, this competition. I have given you no information about <laughs> Black Black Bot, Black uh, Bot. Uh, aftershave, but um, I think. From all the experience I've had with these aftershaves, I would vouch for it yeah. uh, time and again. Oh, so it's amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, and it makes you feel your skin feel all tingly and attracts smooth. the ladies too. So you know, that, well, that's, that's the most important a, a, part. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to support the Gentleman's Law podcast, John, is there a way they can do that? Money. Well, yeah, they can support us on Patreon. Bitcoin. We have an awesome shop, an online store shop place. Merchandise. Merchandise. uh, A merch table. Merch store. And, you know, you can get glasses and flasks and stickers and buttons and shirts. Johnny boy, you are a gentleman (laughs) in scofflaw, my friend. Yeah, you too. Donovan. You are a gentleman in Scofflaw, my friend. And drink responsibly. You guys have a great week. This has been the Gentleman Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ice on the river, we ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey!